You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dubinay and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. And welcome back to another episode of Counting Lights Podcast. This is part two of Glitter Songs with Slade Ham. Enjoy, and if you're listening to us right now on the 25th, Happy holidays. <laughs> and that's another thing about this podcast. We talk about the parallels of wrestling and comedy mm-hmm. when it comes to crowd psychology, when it comes to working the road. Oh, yes. Road stories. Uh, oh, yes. Car, uh, paying your dues. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, the, the crowd psychology of it and riding that, riding the wave and the energy, and the, uh, that is, I, I'm fascinated by it because it's done non-verbally. And I, I think that's the cool part about and it. And they're trying to get so many reactions at once where oh, we're yeah. just trying to get the laugh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, when I got in the business, too, we, like, we had, all we knew was the finish. We called everything else in the ring. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, so yeah. I grab a guy in a headlock and I go, all right, brother, here we're doing this spot. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know. He take me to the corner, push me in the corner. The referee's trying to separate us. He's going, all right, reverse it. Give me right. the toss. That's pretty much improv, yeah. right? There. Well, so so it's yeah, it's very yes and. Yeah, it's exactly uh, the and that, I guess that's my question is you guys at that point that's that's no longer a solo no project no, because absolutely. no that's a collaboration and you and you have really, to you have it's to it's not two people it's three because you've got to, yes you've got exactly. To and right. you've got, and it's that give and take of you got to be willing to set your ego aside to let these people, you know, he's got to get his shots in and we got to make, it's all about the show like, and not. It's, it's the formula we talk about on here all the time. There's an actual physical formula to a wrestling match. In the beginning, you shine the baby face, make them look good. Uh-huh. Then, then the not pain. with baby oil like Hulk Hogan no. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a figurative shine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hogan <laughs> took it too literally. It's <laughs> actual glisten. I will shit on Hogan any chance I get. So uh, you shine the baby face, make him look good, and make him look like a superstar. Right. You know? Then the heel cuts him off, gets him his heat, cheating or whatever. Uh huh. And then the baby face sells. It gives it, the crowd has the ability to give sympathy to the baby face. Yep. So as the crowd is cheering for the baby face automatically they start booing the heel Uh so then when when it's time the the heat is the longest part because you have to you have to you know lengthen out that sympathy right and then you give him you might give him a short comeback where he does something but you cut him off again go right back into the heat right then you then all of a sudden you miss something and then he gets his comeback Babyface makes a comeback, just just like a story yeah, of a it, movie. It's, but I was going to say, think. this is textbook storytelling. Yeah, the the uh, it's example guy, that the guy who trained me uh, used was Outlaw Josie Wells, mm-hmm. the movie Outlaw mm-hmm. Josie Wells. You know, he's three act structure there. Right, yeah. Exactly. He's you know he's uh, the sympathy because his wife and his family are killed, and uh-huh. so he becomes a renegade. So. And so then you, you give him. It's a give really the baby dark origin story. Then, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's like I mean, it's, Batman shit. Actually, it's perfect, actually, it's perfect for the wrestling for wrestling. Mm-hmm. So uh, and then you know you go into the finish, whatever the finish is. Either the baby face goes over, the heel cheats, and right. And you know whatever the, the face gets beat, so, right? You know, so that's that's it's, it's basic story. You add that origin story to like any wrestler, it immediately makes them interesting. Like, oh yeah, you laugh at gobbledygooker, but <laughs> did you know he lost his wife and parents? Well, did you know he hatched from an egg? That's did why he's a it's chicken. A, it's a story of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. It's a hero's journey. Yeah, it's a. I mean, that that's his. That's the. Uh, Storytelling to me is always so fast. Whether it's writing prose, whether it's on stage, uh, and as I'm learning wrestling and things like you know so many of these different things just follow that same sort of structure they do it wordlessly 
a lot of times yeah. or they do it through action or it's, it's you know, it's... Well, if the crowd starts to die and they get bored during the heat, like you're beating him up too much. Right. Then you give him a quick comeback. And, and you know, you throw him in, he ducks a clothesline, he gives you a big cross body, you take a bump, you jump up and then you rake his is eyes. Is that not... Is that... Do you, you play it like a guitar. Right. It's a... They're so the literally... Yes. Oh, yes. You know. And you know where to, to, to let those right. crescendos build and fall and cross over and, it. And, and just like comedy, the more you do it, the better you are yep. at it. See, this is where improv troops are getting it wrong. Like, if you invited me out to this, I'd come to it. But totally, you totally. Know. You can't, but it's, here's, here's the, the problem with improv. <laughs> Here we go. The problem with improv comes back to what we were talking one about emotion. earlier. It's one emotion, but it's also people you don't care about talking about shit you don't, <laughs> you don't care, care about. about. Right, There's right, no, right. it's a, why am I watching two dudes I've never seen before in a canoe? This is not, this, you're just in a canoe. And I, oh boy, it sure is wet. Yeah, That's, yeah. why am I watching grown men in a canoe? That I can dude, get on board. I work, I work with is is camping in a yes <laughs> what is what is happening here I understand the pageantry of wrestling there's been a there's no formal there's no formality to improv if you gave me spark cannons and 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 flames and right. you know it in costumes and I'd, I'd, I'd get into that wrestling though presents it in this welcome to the this this is the circus here this universe yes yeah, here is we're under the big top what happens in these are the physics of what happened in here and they're not the same physics right. as outside but that's the magic to it. You can go in and suspend your disbelief and play in those waters for X amount of time and walk away totally happy and safe. And, and not to completely shit on improv or anything. Cause no, you not, should. It's no, a no, no, because, they, because there are some when it's people, done bad. When it's done well, yeah, I, there are some people that are larger than life. Yes, that came from it. Chris Farley, Stephen Colbert. To, look, the, a lot of the stuff but that I'll, happened in Second City and a lot of the Who's Line guys. Those, those, they are brilliant at yeah. what they do, and I make no mistake about but that. There are more larger than life people in wrestling than. Oh, to problem. totally, because it's the goal in wrestling is to be larger than life. Mm -hmm. It's not the, that's not the goal in improv. Improv, the goal is to make secretaries feel powerful. Um, the, I don't know what the, uh, I was going to say, I, I really horrible. thought you were going to come with some like, really profound explanation and I was, I was really wasting it. I was no, expecting something really, I was going to say, get on Saturday Night Live. It's, it's a, no, I, no, I do not think that most of improv has that in mind. Mm -hmm. I think most of improv is made up of people who it is very hobby. It is very, uh, this is a thing I do on Tuesdays with mm -hmm. my friends the same way guys have bowling leagues. It doesn't, yeah. it's a, that's, that's, you don't go into that with a, I'm going to be an improver for the rest of my life. That's <laughs> SNL is a, you, you have like, there's like three places in the whole world. Right. Improvers can end up. Yeah. That's. Well, really improv originally was, uh, uh, was a, a way to to structure writing, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, Mel Brooks, mm -hmm. you know, Carl Reiner. And when you have it was a way to okay, we have we don't know where this is going to go. Let's improv it and see what direction right. it goes, and then write it. So so shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm and some of the ones that actively you, they, they go in here's with that. a yeah, here's the here's what I'm has to happen in the scene. Yeah. Now let's make the scene. That improv, I believe in. It's a I just I'm just not. In, there's no there's no emotional payoff or creative payoff to me watching two people pretend to be in a scene kind of right. and that's just because no, that regular improvers it's infuriating regular because I'm, I'm like the glass is supposed to be in your left hand or whatever the right. you're, you're just you it's those amateur things take me out of it I'm just like ah you guys call me when you're good <laughs> oh. right. 
my favorite, my favorite improvised, my favorite improvised line right now is uh, Amy Poehler in Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Like her friend just gets dumped, whatever. So she's trying to relate, and you can just tell it's an ad lib line. And maybe Poehler goes, "This one time, a guy brought me to a picnic, and we sat down, and he said, don't touch anything. Karen's gonna be here at three. <laughs> Okay, that's funny. Yeah, uh, just that kind of improv. Yeah. Yes, but but Done no. Done by the professionals. But to go to a show, mm. uh, you know. And it's always a weird day, too. Like, you're right. It's always like a Tuesday. Tuesday at right? 6. Wednesday. Why are we at Tuesday yeah. at 6 in the back room of a Mexican restaurant? What are you? What are you? <laughs> and everybody's 60. Yeah. Oh, it's just the everybody on stage is six. I've never or 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 an eighteen year old girl. They have it's just one of the two, and then they zip zap zap their way through, and I just she's nice. I, she's dating one of the improv players. Probably he's gonna make it. It's not a yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got gonna make it. I believe it. You mean like you mean like like just in life? <laughs> he's got he looks like he's got four years left. That's what that is. One prognosis thing, one thing i wanted to ask you uh because you you travel the world uh doing uso shows but also just you sometimes just travel just oh yeah yeah, yeah. It's um, about 50 50 misty and i want to travel uh-huh. um when all this covid stuff is over yes so Scotland. how big of a suitcase do you have it's how big uh of a suitcase do you i need? can fit misty <laughs> <laughs> calm down now yeah i don't I got know a suitcase wait, that wait, big wait. too damn. i don't I don't know if that. I only is, get one free check back. I don't wait. I don't know if that's a height joke on Misty or like I'm gonna sleep with your wife kind of joke. I don't know how to. Here's the that. thing: oh, he you do- interpret it how you want to. Exactly, it. all of that. Okay. You you just marinate on it. And I'm, say- I'm flattered but offended. I don't know how. Like it's a weird reaction. Because I meant whichever one makes you most uncomfortable. That's- so we're gonna go to Scotland without you. Uh, Scotland. We were thinking about that, but what, mm-hmm. what's your what's your favorite place so far? Uh, what you like going back to like oh I get to go there. Well, you again. travel a lot. Yeah, so yeah. so it's it's different places for different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. The places I go back to, a lot of them I go back to just because that's the nature of the tour um, yeah. through Armed Forces Entertainment. I find myself in Italy a lot. Uh, might be one of my favorite places on earth. I think if I could just go hide out in the Italian countryside and eat that food and live in that climate. I'd be fine. Well, don't don't fucking get onto them about smoking bans because they'll just they'll yeah, yeah. call press conference. They'll just kill you. Right yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm out of politics. <laughs> the uh, but Japan for different reasons too. It's uh, it's probably the most beautiful, orderly, different place you've ever been. Um, Ethiopia, if you're feeling. Uh, pretty feisty that's my i think wow. that's my most adventurous that's what what is it about fe- ethiopia feisty. feisty it's a it's it's a ethiopia is, sounds like i would be hungry okay no 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 and that's the what well, you you would be um the, <laughs> i'm guessing you're hungry now i got to start <laughs> shit i got to start shit with somebody as soon as cuz the bar's not open <laughs> yeah it's uh it's this weird there's no like I, things that are so polarized. Uh, there's no real middle ground or a class. So you have either the people that have money and the people who have no money, right. and mm. everything in between is there is no in between. There's right. a five star Sheraton, and if you turn around from the parking lot of that Sheraton, it's corrugated metal shanty towns. Um, oh, wow. There are you 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 will have cars driving through the road, and you'll have donkeys pulling carts, and a, behind that you'll have a dude with a couch on his head. Um, just walk. It's it, traffic circles there are you'll have 14 roads that come into one big open to call it a circle right. would be it circle because a it's roundabout. round yeah, yeah. Roundabout. but you just 14 roads chaotically dumping into this and then bleeding back out the other way wow. and it all works the people 
the poorest of the people that don't have anything or the happiest people I've ever encountered in my life. Um, you think dusty, dirty hut, you know, sure. the, the Sally Struthers Ethiopia that they fed us in the 80s. But the reality is it's the Great Rift Valley. It's lush. It's beautiful. Um, people live down in those forests. Uh, they bathe in the rivers and they, they live in the, it's, it's beautiful. And then we stayed at this little resort that just was up on the hill above that valley. And there were warthogs that ran through there and baboons would come up and steal your breakfast in the morning. And the just magical. Oh, yeah. No, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. yeah so that's what I'm saying. If you're, you, well, it, does, that, it's, 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 it has an allure if you're a little feisty. It's got a. Yeah, if you're, yeah, if you're, no, if you're tough, like can, if you have a, you know, if you can hang. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I'm not going. and you end up, you end up, <laughs> dude. can hang. He didn't want to come to Fort Worth. I can't. That was, <laughs> I didn't want to come to Fort Worth. So that's the, that's the stuff. If you're asking me, my, my way of traveling is I'll sleep in a hammock mm-hmm. in, in the woods and just okay, not think twice. Exactly. <laughs> you me in a hammock. It's not going to be a good night, bro. <laughs> We're never traveling together, you guys. You need a metal hammock to keep it to hold you. Uh, okay. Is that aluminum? You'll, you'll never get fucked with. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Exact opposite. Exact opposite. You'll be safe. He just broke into a bear's tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm eating the bear's food. Honestly, guys, if I got to fight a baboon for like my breakfast, not the baboons, fight. Man. They just sort of come up and they're like, I want that banana. And then they leave. And you're like, uh, right. I'll get well, another banana. Okay. No, because they see you and they're like, that's a growing ass human right there. Right. Okay. They see me. They're like, I can take this. They, th- they think we could bring him back and raise him. We- He's... <laughs> Look at the hair. Yeah, I know. He's one of us. What is he doing here? How does he get set up like this? Come here, Mowgli. Uh, okay. Exact opposite. Uh, uh, worst worst place. Worst place you've been. Oh. Um, Niger? Niger? Okay. I'm glad you uh, said that correctly. A lot of people don't. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> I. I. Uh, but. But weirdly, that's how they spell it on the bathroom walls uh, in Viter. Yeah, it's. Yeah, uh, yeah. They. They. Uh, <laughs> idiots. Niger. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's no. Not, let's it's not. Middle Eastern. No. 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 Niger. N i g e r. Niger. It's a heart of Africa. Sahara. Um, the Sahel. Let's not harp on it in case it accidentally comes out. I'm taking uh, my yeah, No, I don't think it's going to accidentally come out. That's I don't know. if that's a fear of yours. I don't know. <laughs> he's, uh, he's worried about me. I'm, I'm worried right. about him. <laughs> this so, is an old timey wrestler, bro. Okay, Birds can just slip. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, it was the it's the fifth poorest country in the world. Uh, we watched a in guy. The middle of Africa, in the part of Sahara, yes, in the Sahel, Sahara uh, Desert, basically. Agadez, yeah. So we flew into Niamey, which is the capital, uh, and then we took this Indiana Jones esque. The, the back didn't close. It was it was just hanging open, yeah. just hanging open, like the dude, you know, like the dude's Are drinking. You, you're performing comedy. So we're we're out there. The the at the time. Now I think it's. Uh, I, th- I can talk about it because it's uh, we we have an official presence there. But the uh, we were building out. It was a very bare bones structure. This LSA they were building in so is this for the for, for the, the U.S. military. Okay, so we're out we're out there. We had done uh, Djibouti, Africa, and then uh, we're cutting over to which is my favorite. Uh, it, it's, I don't know if you know where Djibouti is, but it's just south of. Uh, I didn't know where Djibouti is? Yeah, just south of Jabal's. You can't not tell that joke when you say Djibouti. So we were we flew out to in this little tiny. These people, were, I mean, staying in tents. It was a hundred and thirty something degrees. That's so Texas. Yeah, that's Miserable. Right. And if you, the, so the, in the showers were all the, they, they have these big water bladders that just lay out in the sand. And during the day they heat up. So you can only take a shower between like three in the morning and sunrise. 
or it's scalding Otherwise hot. It's scalding hot. To- yeah, it's yeah. the it's literally the worst conditions I've ever. I, I can show you so pictures. Was this through the USO. So I, I it's through Armed Forces Entertainment, okay, which is gotcha. it's a DOD. It's the DOD version of entertainment for the military. Yeah. So we're all saying we're clear. We're out there. And, but the road out there is tough and it's sandy and it's hot. And we're sleeping on, I'll show you the pictures, literally cots, like the tiniest of cots in these big tents. And we're like eight of us in there. And, you know, it's just hot. And there's there's camel spiders everywhere. And those things are, they're like. I've seen them. I've seen yeah, them on the internet. They're, if, you, if you hit them, they'll come at you. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll like turn around. Like I was just going back to my burrow, but bitch. And then they, they'll come back and flex. They're terrifying. Damn, urban spiders. And you can't, Terrifying. Even, you can't even step on them. No, because no, they'll, cause so they just, they'll oh, shrug you off. They're your foot, right? Ter- well, they can be, but yeah. they're, they're, they're just, that carapace is just, you can't. It's like a crab. It's yes, like, like yes. A killer crab. Yeah, they're, they're evil. I'm, I'm freaked out right now just talking about it. So, yeah, uh, Agadez was the, uh, they had a wrecked thought, plane at the airport. Be, uh, I could eat that. <laughs> you probably I think could. I could eat that. No, there are no. No. I was telling him he'd love the barbecue crabs down in <gasps> So have you never done barbecue never, crabs? Well, you know, I've done them at like subpar no, chain what you, restaurant. No, what you, what you got to do. Here's what you got to do. You got to go down to Pleasure Island. It's just off the coast. Mm. Drive out to Port Arthur. Take the back way through the plants. You get down there. Bring you a bunch of chicken legs and some string and a net and a bucket. And then just get to work. Throw your lines in. Pull them all in slow. Fill that bucket up. Bring that bucket home. Stop by the store. Get some Tex Joy seafood season or crab boil. They make the crab. That's what you want. You take that and you take these crabs and you coat them in a little bit of oil, but you sprinkle, you cover them in that dust and then you flash fry them. Quick. Real fast, like change your life. Okay, I was just recommending you go to Sartans. Fuck Sartans. Make your own. They do the the same. Sartans is great, but. Actually, did you hear about the owner? Mm Mm-hmm. You heard about that? Well, uh, the it was a friend of my brother. No shit. Doug? Yeah. Yeah, back in the day. Oh, man. Huh? I don't even want to bring it up on the podcast because nah. it's so horrific. Yeah, probably not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I wasn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess for listeners. Hit me think. up on Facebook. I'll tell you. <laughs> the uh, the owner of this restaurant got, like, murdered by by, by his yeah. daughter. We, my, me and my dad, we knew the, the her sister. Yeah, I, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I still never figured out all the. I, I just clock out when it comes. They to, took over Comedy Texas after Comedy. Yeah, Texas. they moved there. They yeah. moved into my old building. That was the Sartans for a while. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, you got to get some. There's nowhere here that does barbecue crabs. Well, you yeah, can go you, like Joe's Crab. No, Bro, the crawfish they have up here is insulting. All right, that's fair. Like it's just they try to do seafood. There isn't. There is a good place in Addison. Because the owners are from South. I just get, anytime I get... Nate's. Okay, but anytime I get more than two hours away from the coast, I just Mm -hmm. question your seafood. Right. And it's, whatever. Why wouldn't you? I'm especially sushi. Um, Like, I would never eat Omaha sushi. You know, Tokyo and Beaumont still has the best crunch roll I've ever had in my mouth? Yeah, but it's a crunch roll. It's a, a you're 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 eating cereal. That's like the cereal of sushi. That's not even. Thank you for calling out my taste. Crunch roll. No, I just only eat the deep fried covered in sauce sushi. That's good. It's it's still sushi. It's healthier than. They make the rice krispies treat sushi. All right, (laughs) but they make it well. I don't know why I'm judging. It's totally fine. Uh, You can eat whatever whatever makes you happy. Aggressive. I said nothing when he wanted to eat the camel spider. (laughs) I'm dogging on your crunch roll. Yeah, and my, my crunch roll is actually edible. 
you're just getting on the name. Slade, what got you? What got you interested in like the constant traveling? I'm so you know. I that's mean, a, you're, you know, that's you're a, good a comic, question. but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying like you're abroad doing some really interesting things. I've seen on your website. I hadn't. I I, t- I, t- I went overseas the first time I ever left. I didn't travel anywhere at all until I was twenty. Dear God, uh, I must have been twenty four. 2001 was the first time I left the United States and I had been from Texas over to Florida and that's it. That's all I'd seen of the world. I'd flown to St. Louis once. Um, and they dropped me off in Germany two weeks, three weeks after nine 11. <laughs> it was October place to be. of nine of, uh, 2001. And I was so far down on the list of people to go with this company but 9-11 happened and everybody just dropped out. I'm not everybody flying, I'm not flying, I'm not flying. There was a spot over. Yeah. And here you are, the amateur. 20-some years old. Yeah, you're going to send me <laughs> to Germany? <laughs> Let's go. What were you featuring? It was, it was a, we were doing two-man shows. It was me. I was, so I was doing 30 up front and then someone was doing 45 after. Gotcha. Don Chernagel was uh, with I me. I remember, yeah, yeah, Cat out of Vegas now. I think he's in Iowa. I don't know. Anyway, we, uh, it was just the two of us. And... I was, I, I feel like if I had the email addresses for every soldier or airman who saw me on that tour, I would email them an apology. Um, I had no business being, I was at all, minutes. at all, at all, much less under the, the stipulations that what, four, four, five years in the business. Oh yeah. No, no. I, I was a year and a half. Jesus. No, two, just that two years. I started in April of 2000. So I'd taking be, that Lambo leap as like yeah, an amateur basically. Totally, totally. And it was, I, I learned a lot in the process. Uh, I did get to go on others. The reports didn't follow me back. Uh, but, but it, it sparked something all of it. Instead of just this, I'd spent my whole life literally in a, in a 10 mile radius of just not going, hearing the same ideas and thoughts and people. And then you go over there and you're like, shit, there's the stuff I've been watching on the news for three weeks. I'm here. These kids at the show tonight are loadmasters on planes flying over Afghanistan tomorrow. And that's as real as you can get to someone who only knows this from CNN or CBS or wherever. So you start to have those conversations and then those conversations turn into late night conversation. You go, oh my God, then you come back and you hear those same idiots at the bar sitting there talking, we should turn the Middle East into a glass parking lot after this. You're looking at it through different eyes now. Mm -hmm. Totally different. Like I had a hood ripped off. And don't you wish everybody in this world could have that experience? I, I, I've spent almost 20 years trying to figure out how to do that. I don't, I don't know that. Some people don't want it. Some people because they've never tasted it. They like being in that bubble. They totally. Like, yeah. Because but and not because they've 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 tried both and chosen one. Right. But just because they they, they bought the the version they got handed out of the and, world. And this is both sides of the equation when it comes to war in general. Like people that are anti war, oh, yes. people that are pro war sure. don't know what's going on. You don't so they're both of their behaviors this is, I would imagine are annoying. I'm speaking solely to you know, that was my experience when I came back in the in the in the years since then, you're you're hundred percent people are we, we are the, the amount of different worldviews you can have on this planet is, is it's you can't even contemplate it. And the the some people wake up every day and live so differently from from any of the things we do in our day to day lives. The, yeah. the the their 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 relationships with money or sex or other people they're all different. And that for me, once I started to see that, instead of just seeing, okay, cool, we all think exactly the same. I, that's the the storyteller in me lit up. I was like, wait a second, this Imagine. is 
God, I, yeah, it's more than just books I'm reading as a kid. There's a whole world out there. And it's been a chase to like see as much of it. It really, it really is. And I, if you, you can almost sort of uh, tweak your, your perception to view it that way. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like a weird thing, but I, I'm a big gamer and you know yeah, that. Yeah. A lot of the RPGs and the, I spent my childhood venturing across worlds. And now there's this. In wait, a video game. And yeah. You get to actually see what you're right. here is the Here is the grown up correlation of that. And it's me on my own little airship and my own little jungles and my awesome. own little. Yeah, and that's you know the child in me gets to keep playing. And I that's bet cool. you're hoping to get back to that, so like the vaccine and everything is. <laughs> I will. I'd take it tomorrow if they'd give it to me. Yeah. Um, I've done. I've done the research on it. I'm comfortable well, with Rob, it. Rob, Rob got it. We we brought him up. Rob got the trial. The trial. Well, I've been. I, they they vax us for so many different things. All so yeah, when you when you when you leave the country, especially yeah. you're going Military to Africa. Or, so we had so everything from yellow fever to I, I'm I'm vaxxed against anthrax. You, I, I, Do you have to get vaccinated to go to Scotland? No, you're probably fine. It's okay. just other you can't. Uh, white people don't catch sure. other white people's diseases. Okay. It's a very <laughs> I don't want to come back all ginger. No, <laughs> come back so with a brogue and another drinking South America, the Amazon. So I've done I've done six continents. Um, I did the only the only time I, when I went into South America it was Peru, and uh, I did Machu Picchu and did the uh, the Laris trek of that, and uh, it was cool. I got to do some stand up while I was in Lima, and the, it's you know I've I've got six continents of stand up knocked off, which is crazy. Is no one's ever done seven. Is uh, it different material at that point? Because or is everybody just really relatable? Comedy is comedy. And this comedy is, is once you, this was the, the, the other thing that kind of woke me up to, to travel too was the, if, you, if you're just sitting in Beaumont, Texas yeah. and writing Beaumont, Texas jokes, well, that's all you're going to write. And then you get out here and you go, okay, now I got to figure out how to write material that's going to work in an expat Absolutely. bar in Seoul. And that's going to work in front of people who speak broken English in here in the in front of people. You have to think what's universal, right? And it, there it's are like, things. It's like there's a difference in Dallas and Fort Worth, like you know. But you, yeah, and lo, you you know who's hyper local. Yeah, yeah. Fort Worth, you got to do the jokes uh, slower. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you Christ. but you can tell who's hyper local, and you can tell that's who right. doesn't. Dan Danzy, I'm never working. Lines <laughs> I'm never working this city again. Like I don't. Care about if it helps, they weren't going to have you it, anyway. I mean, <laughs> It's very true. <laughs> it's very true. They're like Slade's in town. Let's not call Dan. Nope. Let's, <laughs> That's great. Let's get Seth. Let's get Seth. He's he's a safe bet. Uh, but no, no, you bring up an interesting point because um, I still have Beaumont jokes. No, I'm kidding. It's you just. What do you want to write? You know, it's. I feel like well, I've the guy who's been in the comedy business not as long. You know, right? Twenty years and him fifteen years. It's like for me being in a few years. It's like. I don't like. I, w- I want to see that. Like it, it opens your. I want to have the ability to open my eyes like that you, to be able to write well, different than I, I, Dallas. You know. Yes. I feel Dallas the, or Fort Worth. Right. Or whatever. You know. I feel the difference is when you're first starting out. You gotta write rather than you. Uh, you instead of wanting to write about something, you just gotta write some, about something. You don't write what you want to write until you're more in touch with the voice you have. Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a let's talk about the seven to ten years that it takes to find your voice, and I've mm-hmm. seen people have found it faster and people have found it slower. But the ultimately, all that is to me is the ability to take an idea and run the process much more quickly and much more intuitively and naturally without having to sit there and show your work. Mm-hmm. Where you go, here's an idea. I know what this looks like on stage, literally in that moment where it used to be, 
this is funny. Let me play with it and write with it and toy with it and go up and try this and go up and try this. And maybe it's this and maybe a lot of trial and error. And now it's more a, you just kind of, you just kind of point and go, you know, I can can hit base hits all day. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's make that process. And when you get there, then it's easier to put yourself into the, because that's what, that's what you should be striving to do. Every joke you write, and I would put this at the top of every notebook, just where am I in the joke? And that's a, that's even when you're doing observational stuff, now you're doing it from a place no one else can do it from. You approach this subject differently than this subject gets approached by And I find that kind of material to be harder, especially like if you found, I, I feel like, like with the certain jokes, uh-huh. I can write them base hits, you know. But other topics like today's social climate, or right? Just trying, you want to dabble in that in that political realm. But you gotta not you, political realm, but just yeah, it's 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 not it's it's not the to it's bring up what's controversial going on on stuff. Right but now, you have you know? to if you're gonna do that, you have to start with the you have to start with the the, the angle of attack mm-hmm. and go. Okay, here's the unique take on this. Now let me make that funny yeah. instead of going. I'm gonna make abortion funny. It's that's, well, no, I'm not talking about. But but you right, but you you know what I mean. Whatever a heavy subject is, if you yeah, just yeah, take yeah. it and go, well, I'm going to talk about this. Well, yeah. that's that's you'll probably never get anywhere that way. But if you go, this is I find this unique about this. No one's seeing it from this vantage what, point. What's my emotion? How do I feel? About right. It what is like? What is my emotion? When I run it through these filters, what comes out? Because that's going to be different. Because your experience and your your vantage point in life is different than everyone else's, and that's what you have to. That's what you really have. That's what you're working towards. See, this is what I was telling you. He's like one of the most brilliant people to this. Because sometimes you ask for comedy advice and stuff, yeah. and people can't explain it to you in a way that. Can, <laughs> No, I'm just yeah. saying in general. Yeah. You're very good at, at finding that translation of like, oh, yeah, no, I know what he's talking about. Well, sometimes I, you ask the wrong people. That's, yeah, that, too. Right? That's that too. too. That too. Like, that too. You walk away going, well, I wish I had that five minutes back. Yeah, right? Well, and it's a, it's a, I don't know all the answers. Like, to me, it's still this very... Like I'm I mean, figure- you were you were helping you were helping us at like 27. Yeah, but I'm but I'm still, still figuring it out. Yeah, like there's yeah. this there's there's constant reinvention happening at all times where I'm just like, okay, cool. I feel like I always never knew shit. Mm. Like there's like right now is the first time I feel like I've gotten it in well, 20 I, years, and I know that's I not want, the case. In five, five, years, from, five years from now, you'll say I yeah, didn't know shit five years. ago. Totally, right. and that's the so so I only know how to process it how I'm processing it now. And then, you know, Stanhope said it, uh, the, I forget what his, his take on advice was. He goes, I only know how to make you sound more like me. <laughs> and I was like, that's a, he goes, so I don't give advice. And I, there's, there's a lot to that. Yeah, um, yeah. this is a lot of the stuff that I know works for me. It works for me because it's very custom to, you know, it's 20 years of me trying and, and I think I, I always quite, I always quite comedy to juggling. Uh huh. Like the more you do it, the better you're going to be at it. There is some ju- muscle memory. Yeah, and if you're juggling seven days a week, eventually I, you're going to be a badass juggler. I can tell you this, uh, the other side of that, you can absolutely not get good at juggling in six minutes a week. That's right. So uh, you can't get good at anything no. in six minutes a week. So for the for the Monday night open mic, who's like, I do comedy, man, you got to you gotta bleed it. You got to eight, eight shows a week if you can. I know there's still a part of you that hates like that hates seeing like uh, open mic comics like change their occupation to comedian. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> you know, you got to get mad at it. I, Not mad at it, but just be like, you know, that, I'm bemused by it now. Yeah. It, I, I've, I've, I've moved through the phase of all the stuff that you there was. There were some things probably years five through 15. 
I think there were a lot of things that angered me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't just, but I think that's who I was. I was, I was an easily angered person way more than those things should have been angering. So mm-hmm. now I kind of look at it and it's everybody just, it's part of the game. It's, it's part of the game. But once you, and I guess this is the biggest part of it is that I think a lot of that anger came from insecurity, right? Mm-hmm. Where now I'm in a place where confidently I can, I can lay my head down and I built some shit. There's, mm-hmm. I've done some stuff. I've been some places some of you will never go. Yeah. I am. If I walk out of here and get hit by a bus tomorrow, I've checked enough of these boxes to be cool right. with it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you can't take that away. Now, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, maybe, maybe you putting comedian, your name was threatening because you know, oh, now you're equating yourself with me and I feel like I got to defend it. Yeah, yeah. Now, bro, put whatever you want, put whatever you want. I'm gonna go to bed and wake up comfortably in the morning knowing I'm still a comedian despite, you know? Right. So it's what I tell uh, uh, my open mic friends or just my amateur friends after 15 years. It's like a it's like a rebooted TV show. <laughs> where, like they kept all the characters and everybody's just recasted. Ah, that's, yeah, that's just what it is. It's fair. How many times have I seen this debacle? That trope happen? and this this, this archetype thing, and this, absolutely this type of uh, this type of comic, this type yep. of person doing this type of thing. Every scene's got five of those people, and it's, it's there. It comes up multiple times a year. That's know. what that's what these aquariums look like when you when you when you dress them up and you put fish in them and you hit play. <laughs> We're the whales that just don't fucking. But that's know, that's the thing is around. I'm now now comfortably I'm just like but I live at the beach now. Yeah, this yeah. isn't. I'm not in someone's living room on a desk. And that's great if that's if that's where you are and you want a desk aquarium. If you want to put that above your neck, that's oh, fine. People, God, people yeah, okay. swim with me in Florida. But I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm, yeah, exactly. Is I'm, I just don't need to prove any of that anymore. Yeah. That's I, the. I think it's a, it's some of the tough issues that I've had with this pandemic is because I see guys, and I'm sure it probably didn't affect you as much, and I see how it doesn't affect Dan. Like if Dan doesn't want to do a show, Dan goes like, <laughs> Fuck that. Slave will tell you I'm one and of the I laziest will, motherfuckers. And, I, and, and I, will gr- I will drive cross town and, you know, and You're, get, it's like, I'm hungry. Like, I'm, well, I'm, I was a, one okay. of the first ones to go, I got to get back on stage yes. when this shit happens. But you see, I used I'm to, losing it. I used, not, to like, be like, I used to be like that, right. though. Like, uh, me and Justin and Slade could tell you, we used to do Lake Charles, Louisiana. We used to go mm-hmm. deep into Louisiana just to do a mic. Yeah, then and you then gave up. Go to Houston. <laughs> I give up. Just play with you. The, I, just, I just got lazier as I got older. You know, there's a, the lazy factor. Sam Damaris and I were talking, um, and he's always been of that ilk. He's been a lazy, just that's him. He just, yep, hilarious. Uh, infinitely funnier than me naturally, like a better comic in that room. I didn't want to say it out loud, but yeah, <laughs> he's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Um, but his work ethic is absolute garbage, right. and he owns it because mm. I know it. He's made some changes in the last six months where he's just been around watching this pandemic has done some really cool stuff in that it's made lazy people lazier and it's made hungry people Hungrier. out there. Yeah. So he's been able Don't to shame the lazy people. Not we, shaming. We it's, have you, our you do. Absolutely. We, and it's we, a content and we need now. y'all's money. The, uh, but Sam has, has made some active efforts in the last six months to go, man, he goes, I see what other people are doing. I start to see the results. He goes, like, and I'm, I see how lazy Danzy's being. He goes, no, you don't even come up. The, uh, so he forgot you existed. It's a, but now, now he's got that, that he's waking up in the morning and he's calling me with ideas and I'm working on this and I'm doing that. And when you see that, man, it's just a, that's not who he was for 15 years. Mm. Something snapped, something triggered. I don't know how you wake it up, but if you can get that, if you can shake someone into that, 
it's amazing shit happens. Well, for me, I, I bring it from the wrestling business. Mm -hmm. Like, like you know, uh, when I, I got in the business when I was 21 years old. So I had nothing better. It was, it was, I was so hungry for it all the time. It's like I went to bed thinking about it. Yes. I got up thinking about it. Oh, I got to get to the gym. Oh, you know, it's your whole it's life. your whole life. And so trying to, and, and now as an adult with a 14-year-old and a, and a wife that, I'm a different 14-year-old. Yeah. Different one. No, your ventriloquist dummy over here. Not this one. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm that I'm trying not to. You know, I have a wife that I'm trying to stay married to. Right. Which is who is unbelievably supportive. Which is great. I go. I'm going to the club. Go go get it. You know. She yep. Likes to see the uh, hunger that I have, and then I've gotten from having the guts to get on stage and then you get hooked and you just and you you know that doing this is a set like a, a, a totally different arena is that a little addicting the the walking into something knowing you know nothing about it and then being able to go man i'm on the other side of that it, it mm -hmm. because of i've been through what i did in the wrestling business mm -hmm. it gives me it gives me the idea to not panic and not try and make foolish decisions. Yes, because I, I know what's ha what's on the other side if I put in the work properly. Right. And so to make contacts and to build relationships and to pay respect to the people who who have done it before me and all those things that I learned in the wrestling business as p applying them to stand up comedy. And then when you know how frightened and horrible and embarrassing I was when I started. Oh, and yeah. then when you are in front of a crowd and somebody comes up to you afterwards and says, God, you were funny. It makes you're like, oh, there it is. Payoff. Man, that's another it, it happens, but you're still awful and embarrassing up until like the seven year, eight year. Point. I, but, <laughs> but you have, no, but you have those. I, 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 yeah, I get that. But the, you do have those, those victory moments. And when those happen, when those have, they're not every one, no. but when they happen, they validate it. And after you've knocked off wrestling and after you've knocked off comedy, you would be, it's, and that's what I try and tell people, you just get these little ones written down and, and provable. Right. You go, all right, cool. I've done this four times in the past. Now the fifth time cannot be as terrifying as the first. It's the, and that, that's how I am now with new things well, in general. And for me, it gives me the ability to, when I, when I do have a bad night, mm -hmm. gives me the ability to go, because of what happened to the rest of the business, it gives me the ability to go, it's okay, man. That means the next one's going to be better. Yep. You know, it's like working out. It's like you cannot get bigger and stronger unless you break those muscles. Down. Yep. So that's what I'm doing. Man, I couldn't lift as much today. Well, guess what? Two weeks from now, I'm going to lift more than I've ever lifted yep. in my life. So that's I, I just apply it. Nobody comedy. ever wants to hear that in their first couple of years, but it's just like, get all, get all that. Get, the faster that happens, the faster you bomb, the faster you suck, the faster you hear that silence and get on. The faster you deal with that, because it's going to happen. It's unavoidable. There's no, I, there's no stand-up comic who's ever done this and batted a thousand. You right. cannot. Can't do it. So if it's going to Speak come. Speak for yourself. And you're going to have to weather that storm to, to, to stay in the game, then you might as well, let's, let's, let's just do it tonight. Let's just, <laughs> let's start getting these out of the way. Because yeah. really all that shit is like, all that shit is basically a test on your comfort level. Mm -hmm. You know, when you first start out and you're just constantly bombing and, and, and it also tests out your patience mm -hmm. for the art form in itself. And your ability to adapt and, yeah. and adjust and a lot of things. That's a, and I don't think anyone starts stand-up comedy thinking 
all that through. No one goes, this is what I'm the gauntlet I'm going to have to run. You just go, you, to them, it's they just. They do the shower thing. They sit in the shower. Yes. And they think about their special. Yes, absolutely. I think Justin Pettit said that like years ago and it always stayed in my mind because yep. before I, before I did an open mic in comedy, Texas, which I had no fucking business doing, uh, <laughs> nah. I thought about my special in the mm-hmm. shower, what I was going to We're all, we're all going to have our, we're all going to be the two year special. Every, every mm-hmm. single comic starts that way. And the, and then you get to the grind part of it and you get to the deep in the trenches and you're like I'm not getting a fucking special no it's it's just no I'm I'm literally here because I like getting punched in the mouth that's the (laughs) that's what that's wake up punch me in the mouth I'll do that for a living I spent the first four years in the wrestling business literally getting the shit beat out (laughs) that's the reason this is called the Counting Lights podcast for the first four or five years that's all I did was lay on my back (laughs) counted the lights on the top of the arena there are four lights and the first four years of comedy you're counting the lights because no one's laughing right that's why we started this and you're like I can't get booked you're so fucking suck man you see what's Comedy can also be humbling to people because if you think you're the shit and you bomb enough, you won't think you're the shit anymore. Uh, always, some will. I know. That's what always amazes me. Some if people you, don't hear what we hear, and that's yeah, uh, that's yeah. the beautiful part to the subjectivity of experience. Nothing is that against them? Because I'm old enough now where I'm like, hey, that's in your head. That's been in my head. Of course, I we've all, we've all been there. I understand you know? it intimately. But to walk off stage thinking you killed when I could hear the air conditioner the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> It, we're, we're just watching two different shows. I know table four and table six is order. That's, I yes, because I heard it. <laughs> that's the that's the and that's the difference in how people can experience mm-hmm. the exact same thing with two. Because you're you're we're watching it from the crowd, uh, fully amused by the crash and burn. Right, mm-hmm. the, I'm here for the train wreck. This yeah. is this is the experience for me. But to that guy, every survival mechanism has has closed in and kicked in. Absolutely. So. So the justifying yes, the rationalization that's right, going on. Exactly. Your ears stop hearing the silence. They they pick up on other noises. Uh, you can, a cough is a laugh. Oh yeah, anything counts. Any that was a response. <laughs> anything counts. Anything at all. Those are that guy went up and went, got up and went to the bathroom. That was movement. That is that we're gonna count <laughs> it. Goddamn ridiculous. But it's but it's you but do, it and that's the psychology to it. So to, for that person to walk out and me to walk out having viewed that differently. Yeah, that's that delusion is that's what no, keeps I, you in the game. I remember when I was younger and I thought groans were yes were good because we 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 teach we, because we've taught ourselves that that res, sti, that stimulus yeah. response and that's yeah. not what we are. We're singular and that mm-hmm. it has to be comedy. This mm-hmm. is go play those notes, make a movie. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's you want people to groan and count that as as something in the win column. You got you got to host double dare. There's no. <laughs> The first time Children's Hospital got a groan, I had to add to it because I was like, oh, shit, I yes. don't want a night where this ends on a groan. This has to change. It's not about a kid dying. Exactly. Even though, like, it is about a kid dying, that's not the punchline. That, that can't be the reaction yeah, yeah, yeah. that this leaves with because that's not what it was designed to do. So I had to set it up completely differently. Yep. I had to throw in stuff in there, and comedy will make you do that. We're in wrestling, and you can't just... You got to make it up on the fly all the time. But if something doesn't right. work in wrestling, the next match you have with that person... You got to go. Okay, we got to do this instead. Because you do still do that, right? You take what works and discard what doesn't. You, well, you do, but the, you know, there's, you know, we always say there's nothing, uh, there's nothing new in wrestling, of because course. you're just taking things and recycling, of course, it and making the story different and. and or. Sometimes in comedy, that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing new in comedy. For certain sometimes. people, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another but, tender joke. 
Yeah, but you know, so you, I'm single. <laughs> you do, you do do that, but you know, I, I noticed like it's, it's man, it's comedy. It's there's so many things that are similar to wrestling, mm-hmm. performing, having being comfortable on stage. Right. You know, you want to be uncomfortable. Go dress in your little shorty shorts and go up in front of 20,000 people and get the shit behind. Why'd you have to bring up my shorty shorts? Dan does it in private. But I always said the difference with comedy and wrestling, too, is that when I was in the wrestling business and I was doing jobs, which basically means losing a match, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm out there getting the shit beat out of me by the biggest names in the business, I always said, you know, there's... Probably, even when I'm getting the shit behind me, there's at least one person in that crowd that's rooting for me to make a comeback. You fuck up in, in comedy, ain't nobody rooting no. for you, No. Ain't nobody rooting for you. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, it's okay, it's okay, bullshit. There's a small percentage, if you're not doing if you're not doing well in a club, there's a small percentage of the crowd that wants you to do well. I think there is. They, they paid money. They want to have a good up, time. Go, this, is what, this is what I was, I was told by somebody as advice. When you get up on stage, they want you to be funny. They yeah. Want, oh, let him be funny. Mm-hmm. Let him exactly. be funny. Let him be funny. It's just as terrifying. But when for you them. step on your dick, that's the once because the, there there is a there is this once an audience an audience will always give you I think the benefit of you know there are the exceptions but an audience is pulling they're in a comedy club pulling for your success right. the the success of their evening rides on it but the once you've fucked that up. I don't think they care anymore. Now you've now you've ruined my experience. Now I'm looking at my watch because I've spent money on this, and uh, no, I'm not pulling for you anymore. Even if you turn this around, yeah. Even when you have a heckler, the crowd seems to like pick a side, they, and you have to talk to a heckler in a specific that way. Has, that's all orchestrated. Because by, yeah, the crowd will side with the heckler sometimes. But you know? part of that's part of that's the crowd doesn't. You got to understand that our vantage point on stage is mm-hmm. different. So I get to see everything. Yeah. In the crowd, you only get to see what's in front of you. Right. Um, and and for that reason, you don't hear the same things we do. Uh, some things I hear, I hear because I saw Mal's move. And that's a, that's not, I didn't just hear it. I put it all together. Yeah, that's the brainwashing. Yeah, and you can't, you can't do that in the audience. So that's why it's so imperative as a comic, if you're dealing with a heckler, to make sure that you repeat what is said, you amplify. Mm-hmm. In fact... I play that weird game of telephone where whatever it was you said, I make a little bit worse when I say it out loud just to make you a little bit. Yeah, I'll change your word selection. I'll I'll make the tone of what you said bad enough to make you the villain where you would have just been an asshole. Now, if we're going to do this, I've got to vilify you to them. And that's that's a that's all intentional. uh, Last time we worked together, there was a. There was, they started heckling with me on my closer because mm-hmm. uh, I was going into my closer and it's a charity thing. Right. And, and that that guy goes, yeah, right, that happened. It's like, and in my head, I'm just like, well, I'm sorry, you don't do that kind of shit right. for charity. And right. you're feeling bad, whatever. I was like, I don't really have time to get on him. So I'm just going to let Slade come up. I'm not going to tell him he's in the crowd. I'm not going to say beware of a heckler because I know how this is going to go. <laughs> you fucking... <laughs> destroyed that dude he got escorted out and then this dude left a four paragraph Yelp review oh that's right it was that guy because I said a response I replied to that you did oh I forgot about that yeah yeah and that was just me being a lazy person, not wanting to get this heckler real quick, so my headliner can come so up on stage. So did he continue to give you shit? Or oh, what? oh no! So, yeah, as soon as Slade went on st- uh, on stage, this guy just starts going at Slade because he's drunk. He started right. with me. 
He didn't get anything out of Let me. Guess. New review for Hyenas Comedy late, Night Club. Late show on a Friday. This is the worst place I've ever been to in my <laughs> life. We went to have a great time, but no, we were pretty much escorted out just for laughing at the comedian. What the fuck is that? We did nothing wrong but laugh at the comedian. What the fuck happened? Did happened? Did the manager pretty much told us to leave? Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! We did nothing wrong. Five more exclamation points. This place is horrible. Do not go there. Exclamation points! Exclamation for any reason. OMG! Horrible, and then thirty more exclamation points. Um. So the dude loves exclamation point. He must have been at home yelling that really loud while he, as he was typing. Yeah, um, I'll have to find my response later. But uh, I responded. <laughs> you did. Yeah, I, I would. I put. I, I, I just. I only knew I had the. I had that saved because oh, Eric. Had, that. Eric had sent me the. Uh, the manager had sent me the review, and then I wrote a review, and I just don't have it saved. I remember you like look like as soon as he started because he started going like in the first three minutes, and I'm standing on the uh, other side, and you'd look at me like. Okay. I'll never understand. I'll never understand the drunken need. Why would you? Why do you come to a show and then not let the show happen? It just you would never do this. And it's the equivalent of storming back into the kitchen at a restaurant for all the sense it makes. I, I as someone uh, who has studied alcohol and behaviors on alcohol. <laughs> Fair. I have. I yeah, have. no, I, I know. You know, uh, it's part of sobriety. you got to understand yourself and why you behave certain ways. For some people, they lose that sense of social respect. Yeah, your governor turns off. Yeah. yeah, and then there's a lot of people with insecurities about attention from their parents. And normally, like 80% of the time when you're getting a heckler... Right. Psychologically, it's because they need all yes. the attention. And that's a... And when you know that... It makes it that much easier to dismantle them because mm -hmm. now now it's a I'm literally picking the lock with the key. Yeah. Like I, I know because you know you yeah know what if you can get in their head and know what they're thinking. Yep. Then you know what directions to go. And that's the, the problem. figuring out the power dynamic between a couple and the way I mean just all of those little things and that's I know crowds just think we're up there saying funny shit. Right. But the re I mean it's a master class in psychology mm -hmm. almost every single show. Yeah. And I, that's what makes me love it. That's the that's the like, book look, I want to write. You're embarrassing your wife. Stop it. Come on. Like uh, you, you, look, paint, you paint with you paint yeah. with brushes of embarrassment, wow. or you paint with brushes of respect. All these different ways you try to manipulate someone into being civil, and it's just some of them work, and some of them don't. And sometimes you realize you you press the button that that doesn't you can't come back from, and now it's scorched earth. So we might as well just this, you're going to leave, or I'm going to hurt you. This. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of people that I work with give me shit for like, like I like to pace around the room by myself, look at people, listen in on conversations. Mm -hmm. It's very creepy to watch me do it because mm -hmm. I do look like a serial killer. But what I'm doing is I'm seeing who's drinking heavy drinks, mm -hmm. how many people are drinking heavy drinks, what are they talking about on the table, how are they making each other laugh. So I used when I go on stage, I can. I used to do that. that strategy. I used to do that, and. Uh, I'll now poke my head in and I'll, I'll give it a quick once over, yeah. but I won't do it on that level because it makes me adjust on a micro level. And mm -hmm. I don't want, I don't want to have to cater. I don't want to feel like I'm customizing each show or focused on, I want to be able to get up there and go, all right, cool. I didn't see anything crazy or I did see something crazy. Yeah. There's one or two things I need to pay attention to. This is a big group of girls. That's probably going to, that kind of thing. Oh, that's but I give it, you, but you give it, you give it that. And then I'll walk off and I'm like, all right, comics doing well. I got a general vibe for the room. They don't feel chatty. Found that one problem spot. Cause looking it over on that level would get me so in my head on, man, I wonder. Well, you don't want to make judgments where judgments may not be. I don't, right. You don't want to make, you don't want to make unnecessary judgments. Uh, you don't want to make wrong judgments. And also, 
the show should be pretty much so it should be independent of the audience yeah it's the audience changes some of the little levers and sliders but they don't change the song and that's the that's the part I was changing. I was like, "Fuck, I'm not. I can't do this." So bit. at some point, I gotta stop doing that. Just or just dial it back. To me, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it works totally for you, but for me, I found dialing There's it been back. A couple restraining orders. Been- <laughs> <laughs> you know, where is he sitting at our table? That's. Did he just put a water on our tab? He this just is- ate one of my wings. What's he? <laughs> yeah. So I, I just I found it better to pull back a little bit and just go. Ah, let me take the temperature roughly. Mm-hmm. Nobody's got a fever. Let's do the show. Okay. There was one point I, that I was I wasn't doing well on stage, and I just grabbed a lady's broccoli off the, and I just started eating it. My only laugh, and, I, <laughs> I, I, and the manager was like, "Let's try to keep our hands out of." Of course. Uh, of, course. <laughs> of course. I was like, "But it got a laugh." It worked, but yeah. It Not. worked. You should let me do it every show. <laughs> no, there's health departments. Okay. Yeah, uh, I won't be a diva or anything, but there's nobody with broccoli in the front row. So if you could just make sure someone orders some broccoli. We've had some comics steal Dustin Diamond's broccoli. <laughs> and I'd hate you know, to have Dustin to get those comics. Some that misshapen <laughs> half an hour glass. What did, you, what did you used to say? Like she, she, she looked like she did a 40-yard dash and a 20-yard jump. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Look like she tried to board a greyhound from the front. <laughs> uh, what, what time we got? What time we got, Chris? How, how long we've been going? Uh, we're uh, one thirty-seven, I guess. I think that I think that'll just about do it. It's been <laughs> it's been fun. I could do this all day. Yeah, really save it. This, this gives us something to jump back on and talk about next time. You got uh, you got some shows tonight at Hyenas Fort Worth now because of when this comes out, these shows have already oh, happened. Come and but, gone. But uh, the next time Slade is in your city, wherever you're listening. Well, and you got Houston the 26th. So the 26. So Houston the 26. You can catch the Whiskey Brothers. We're doing this live stream for New Year's Eve, so nice. it's free if you just want to jump on. If you're staying at home and you're not, you know, going out and getting in the chaos, it's gonna. We're gonna have guests. We're gonna be cracking jokes. It's Ooh. gonna be a nice little ride. And then uh, in January, if everything happens, I'll be at, uh, at the Caravan in Louisville, and uh, we'll see. Nice. So. What's your May looking like? Uh, right now, yeah. uh, you could drive a truck through it. Um, okay. Now well, I, I say that. Hang on, I may be, that may be, I may be overseas. Um, okay, because I'm coming to Houston in May. Um, well, cool. Let me make sure I don't have that. Uh, let me make, let me be sure I have something scheduled. Yeah. I th- so no, I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna try and move one of those overseas tours, but otherwise I should be there. So come sit in yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. hang out. You know, you don't have to drink to do the whiskey brothers. Yeah, that's what I was saying. What I'm the designated driver. No, we at have that people. Point. We've had we've had so many guests that don't drink. Yeah. Yeah. Talamash doesn't drink. Yeah, you can definitely come yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah. If you want to come to Houston, be on whiskey, bro. Y'all roll down and hang. Uh, yeah, Talamash doesn't drink. A lot of people don't. So go Kiki there. didn't. I gotta go down there for a wedding, so it'll be nice to see some of the old crew. Again. What's the date? Uh, May second. Okay, yeah. If you're in the early part, I think we're talking about uh, it's the tail end when I'm gonna be in Europe. So yeah, I should be around. Yeah, I can stay in Houston, do a couple shows, and freaking hop Let's on make, the whiskey. Do the podcast talk. on Monday. We'll make it work. Yeah, and just listen to Rob vent about salt. That. Yeah. Salt. Such an angry. What, he said rich people's a uh, is just poor people good at the game or some shit. He, I, I, said, I, 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 he says crazy shit. That's why you should listen to the Whiskey <laughs> Brothers. Also, uh, get Slade's book at Amazon. Go ahead and repeat the title. Absolutely. Uh, until all the dragons are dead, and you get signed copies on the website. They just I've got a slower. sign. I've got a signed copy, and uh, and thank you for that. Yeah, of course, two albums. You got two. Uh, albums so there's there? there's three out now, and then there's a plug n- the ones you're proud of. So well. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so one of them, there, there's actually, I've got four albums out, but one of them is no longer findable at all. Uh, I've bought back every copy that was. That I, I got did. a DVD uh, like that. Yeah, I'm I've got a copy of it. That was your first one. <laughs> yes, and then I, I taped it, I think, right after I got back from Germany. Like, I was so raw in my first two years. It shouldn't have happened. Um, <laughs> and like anything else, you know, I'm probably apologetic about the 05 and 010 albums you know, just because. Oh, no, Redemption was fine. Yeah, you'd think so, but it's you always listen to them with your current ear and you go, oh, that was garbage. Yeah, that, so That joke could have gotten so much better. So many, like, yeah, you think, what if I did this album now? How would I do it? And, but, you know, it doesn't take away from the Redemption fact that. Redemption 2, Electric Boog. Right, that's the <laughs> redux. The. Yeah, so the, that three-legged unicorn, the the Whiskey Brothers set is up on Spotify as a separate album, also, uh, and then I've got this new one that's ready to record. So, lots and, of stand up uh, to find. Watch the Whiskey Brothers on on, on Prime, Amazon. On yeah, Amazon on Prime. Prime. Yeah, yeah. Night, so check it out. That's a good set. Really, it's it's free. Really, really funny. Cool. I appreciate More that. The funniest guys I've ever seen. Thank so. you. Thank you. Yeah, go find all of Slade's information, and uh, thank you guys for listening. We are now on iHeartRadio. Just putting that out there. So now we are on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. Radio and Chris and I have no idea how to work any of those sites, uh, but we're trying. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to contact us, hit us up at countinglights at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at counting underscore lights. This is Counting Lights Podcast. He's Chris Germany. That's Dan Danzy. And this is Counting Lights Podcast for wrestling and comedy. Lock up.